It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as we explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we'll chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. Welcome back to All Hands on Tech. I'm Ashley. And I'm Claire. Today, we're talking with digital marketing and analytics for B2B SaaS. The team at Outshine are the experts in this area, working with high-growth companies to unite digital advertising, analytics, and attribution models to increase revenue. Megan Michalak is a senior associate with Outshine and a paid social expert who knows how to make social platforms work harder for B2B SaaS companies. So it goes without saying that we're super excited that she's joining us today to share some of her knowledge to help more tech companies find their stride on social. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We're so happy that you're here. Um, we did obviously just give a little introduction of Outshine, but kind of for people who haven't heard of you guys, what do you do and what do you do for your clients? Sure. So Outshine, something very unique about us, we're a digital marketing agency. That's not the unique part, but the <laughs> fact that we also specifically work with B2B SaaS clients. So over the last few years, we've really changed our client base to focus in on B2B SaaS only. And that's really so that we can be experts in our field. So that way our clients really have the confidence in us that we not only know digital advertising, but that we also are experts in their space. Um, something really unique about Outshine is we also have two components of our main services. So of course the advertising, but then we also have our analytics practice. So yes, we work with the marketing teams to build their strategies and run their advertising, but then our analytics team really works to marry their customer data and also that in-platform data that we're working with to really show from beginning of an ad to the end of like a closed one deal of how that attribution works. And so that's a really big selling point of Outshine for a lot of our clients. Very cool. Super cool. Um, can you, we do have some rapid fire questions prepared, but I'm just curious, can you give us a little bit of like background on Outshine and um, you know how it's evolved since it started? For sure. Uh, so Outshine as a company started here in Halifax. So we were just saying about the north end of Halifax and Outshine, that's where we originated. So we've stayed true to the north end. We've been here the entire time. We've moved office locations, I wanna say three to four times, but all within like the same couple of yeah. streets. <laughs> and we've really grown right now. We're almost at 40 employees. And uh -huh. um, yeah, we're definitely not stopping anytime soon. And especially where a lot of our business comes from the referrals of our existing clients. Uh, a lot of SaaS companies are reaching out to us to to help run their ads program. So yeah, we've, we've done a lot of growth over the years and Andrew, our CEO and Joel, uh, the company partner have put like a lot of time and effort into like building Outshine into what it is right now, mm -hmm. which is an amazing place to work at. It sounds like it every time. I mean, I've met a few people who work at Outshine and yeah, nothing but great things to say. So and you got a beautiful office. I'm just going to yeah. give it a plug. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if you haven't seen the office like you got it, it's, it's stunning. Yeah, it's uh, especially where we're in a hybrid work model. We have the option to come into work and I come in at least three to four times a week just to, one, leave the house, but also just to enjoy the space. Like we see the harbor, mm -hmm. the lighting is amazing. We have such like big windows, natural lighting. So even on the foggiest Halifax day, it's still like a calming place to be, which is nice. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like that makes a really huge difference. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, there's so many companies with beautiful offices and no one goes in. So I'm glad that people actually do go into the office and enjoy that space because that's such a privilege Mm -hmm. to have that. Um, And one thing I wanted to ask before we kind of jump into um, some of the questions here and just maybe for some of the listeners listeners who might not be super familiar with what B2B or SaaS means, maybe if we could define those, (laughs) I might be helpful for the rest of the conversation. For sure. So B2B stands for business to business. Uh, So businesses selling products or services to other businesses. And then SaaS is software as a service. So um, yeah, not really tangible products, but uh, yeah, that's there's a big difference between what we do and what, say, consumer marketing, business to consumer, like buying a Coke or a candy bar would be. Right. Yeah. Cool. Thank, Thank you for you. that. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Okay. As I mentioned, some rapid fire questions. Not too, too hard, but we'll see what you think. Um, okay. So I guess we can do, I don't know how I wrote this originally, whether it's, you know, if we're going to buy an ad. So would Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, which one would be the best? You can buy. You don't buy ads on Twitter, do you? Uh, I mean, they're all based on auctions, but I mean, yeah. what are you selling? Oh, wow. <laughs> you bounce here. back rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not selling anything. I don't know. I think if I had to answer uh, that, I would definitely say, I would say Facebook just because it's versatile between any, if it's B2B or if it's B2C. Um, if it's B2B specific, I'm always going to say LinkedIn. Okay. Good. Good answer. What about TikTok? What are your thoughts on TikTok advertising? Yeah, I think TikTok is a great tool if you do it right. I think you really have, like any platform, you have to have it, your ad match the nature of who's using it. And so TikTok is very much an organic type platform where the content has to feel organic to the platform. And the attention span is so low uh, that people are constantly scrolling. So if your content isn't doesn't feel organic if it feels like an ad people are just going to scroll past so i would say if you can do it right then yes but if you can't make it feel organic maybe try something else okay um what about like what's worth your time more a video or a written article video always always okay that was easy (laughs) that's kind of well i know i know people say you know video is king but uh there's still a lot of value in blogs and i feel like blogs Mm -hmm. were like a big thing so you're saying that video is is much more impactful than blogs yeah I would say just by the nature of how we consume content now not even just for the visual aspect but also I think about how I consume video like sometimes I'm consuming video but I'm not even watching it I'm just listening and so to be able to have that in the background and consume that while you're likely doing other things um, being able to have your information in a way that people can consume it when they're likely doing something else Mm. which we always are multitasking is uh, is really useful yeah, it's kind of sad to even say, but I was like the convenience of watching mm-hmm. uh, without having to use my brain and reading, mm-hmm. which is like a sad thing to say. But, you know, like it obviously involves a lot more effort to read an article than to watch a video. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But if the article's really good, I yeah. read it. <laughs> and like backlinks and stuff. Yeah. Those are important. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK, more. We're going to take a, a personal approach here and ask you what your guilty pleasure TV show is. Ooh, <laughs> I would have to say 90 Day Fiance. Oh, uh, yeah. I, my husband and I watch it every Sunday. We call it our trash show. And <laughs> we come home from our, our family dinner every Sunday and we, we put it on as we're like meal prepping and doing that stuff for the week. And yeah, it's just so good. It never gets old, no matter how many seasons. Well, yeah. The, how many seasons are there? There's like I don't know. There's so many seasons, so many iterations. Like, 
yeah, I don't know. TLC has found their gold mine and they're never <laughs> letting go. I don't think there's a break like all year. If one season ends, a new variation starts every next week. I hadn't watched it in so long and then I came across it and there was like original cast watching new cast and like judging them. I was like, yeah. whoa, that's what you know. It's been around along for like that's hilarious. Uh, around for a long time when that kind of stuff happens. So yeah, it's pretty funny. OK, we only have one more. And it's what's your favorite part about working at Outshine? I would say the people. I I don't know. It sounds corny to say, but it, it truly is. The people were constantly surrounded, whether it's online or in person, by smart people who love the work that they do. And I think that makes a huge difference um, on your day-to-day workflow. And yeah, just having some like light moments at work, whether it's through Slack and people are just sending like random funny messages or like really being able to collaborate with a team that you know cares. Uh, yeah, I could go on and on, but yeah, the people are definitely the foundation of why Outshine is such a great company. That's a great answer. Amazing. Yeah. Love that. We were at a, a conference, a financial tech conference earlier this morning talking about digital transformation and, you know, it's all about tech, 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 but kind of at the core of all the messaging was that it all really comes down to people. So like to not lose sight of that. So, um, I love that. Love to hear it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll hop into some other questions now. You made it through rapid fire. Congratulations. Stop sweating. Yeah. <laughs> it's only going to get easier now. So we'll, we'll kick things off with this one. How has the landscape of B2B SaaS marketing changed in recent years, particularly in terms of platform preferences in reaching key decision makers? Yeah, I would say in the recent years, uh, for B2B SaaS marketers, they've really realized the importance of brand awareness. So I've actually attended conferences on this too, where brand awareness is a big topic of discussion because we can all attest to the fact that B2B is not sexy like B2C. And so that brand awareness is really where a lot of these companies lack. And they're realizing, especially when we're coming out of things like a pandemic or a recession where other companies who are looking to purchase, they have a lot more guardrails now on whether or not they're going to make that purchase. And a lot of times you they're going to end up buying from a company that they already know and they've already considered. And so if you don't even have the awareness to be in that consideration phase, you've, you've almost already lost. And so they're really starting to realize that they can't just throw benefits and features out and try to get someone to sign up for a demo. You really have to do the groundwork to build that awareness up first. And what does the groundwork on that kind of look like? Like where would be the first, if you want to build some brand awareness, where would you suggest that companies start? Yeah, I think social is really where that comes in because social is more of a discovery platform versus something like search where the Mm -hmm. intent is behind it, someone's looking for it. And so knowing your core audience and knowing their pain points that they're experiencing and how you can resolve that, tying that into like, content that is like blog posts or even just brand awareness posts that really call out their pain point in the ad creative are great ways to capture their attention and get them at least like looking and thinking about your brand. So maybe your blog post is about something separate that doesn't even have like your brand to do with it. But when they go to your website, like that's where your brand shows up. So that association between a problem that can be solved in your brand is a good way to, to start to build that. Okay, so you mentioned social. So, um, you know, as tech companies, they're tightening their belts, they're seeking more efficient opportunities. How can social platforms um, help them to optimize their marketing budgets for better results? And, you know, essentially, you know, what's the case for spending on social media? Yeah, I would say the first in terms of making more efficiencies is really consolidation. So 
whether it's existing campaigns or if you're starting out with a new client and you're building out their strategy, you have to make sure that the strategy, the budget that's available, and the cost per acquisition that you're you're trying to get all align. So typically when we get new clients, they or even current clients, like they always want this super segmented approach where they want specific ads for each like vertical of their business, but we know as advertisers that when it comes to creating that many campaigns, you need the budget to support it. So it's really about narrowing narrowing down what works and then following that. So using in platform reporting, whether it's demographic reporting on LinkedIn, maybe it's placement reporting on Facebook, and seeing, okay, well, where are we getting the best efficiencies? Where are we getting the best return? And then anything outside of that, maybe you shave that off and you just put your your ad dollars into those uh, those job titles that work or that placement that works, and that will really help with efficiencies instead of trying to do too much at once. So I'm curious if there's someone listening, like, do you have any recent, you know, examples of some metrics that have been like really great with some paid social ads? Like if there's some people thinking, oh, I should really, you know, start investing in this, but they like, do you, I don't know, do you have any success stories, I guess? Yeah, I guess in terms of in-platform, uh, in-platform experience, because a lot of what we do is based off of like more, like I said, like more down funnel. So we'll look mm-hmm. at things like what drives like return on ad spend and go with that. But if you don't have that information available, I would say if you're looking in platform, going with things that are going like, so if you're looking for like awareness, mm-hmm. for, for instance, and you want a ad format that's going to drive the best awareness, like going with video is a really good way to reach as many people as possible at the lowest cost. If you're looking to drive people to your website, single image is a really good way to go. So we've run lots of tests with our clients between single image and with video. And we see that different ad formats work depending on what your objective is. And that may not be the case for for every ad in every industry. But uh, yeah, I would say as far as like reach and awareness would be video um, conversions and website traffic, definitely single image ads, um, whether it's Facebook or whether it's LinkedIn. I'd say both of those really work. So do you find that like a lot of your clients don't really know where to start? Like what are some examples of common challenges that technology companies face when trying to find their stride on on social media and, and how can they help? Like how, how can you help or Outshine help overcome those? Yeah, I would say the biggest struggle that we see across our clients or, or anyone is having the right creative and also having the right messaging. So typically when a client comes to us, if they have a great creative production team, it's like a gold star. Like We're so happy and excited. We're like, great, we don't have to, to worry about any bottlenecks. But I find that's where a lot of companies struggle is bottlenecks and creative production. Um, but the thing about social is testing is a huge part of being able to optimize on platform. So we always say like test, test, test. And that really requires the effort um, and investment into those creative services. And like I said, like with attention spans getting shorter, like the ads need to be stronger. So if you're putting these kind of like weaker ads that aren't really capturing people's attention, you can put as many ad dollars behind that as you want, but it's just not going to, to resonate with your audience. So I would say if you're able to overcome that, I would say testing variations is a really simple way to overcome that. So 
maybe you have this one ad creative and you have the the copy in the creative swap that copy out with a bunch of different messages and run maybe three, four, five variations of that is a really simple way to not have to make net new creative, but just swapping out the text in it is a great place to start. And then also just testing different ad copy within the platform. Sometimes we'll have clients who have one ad creative for one campaign and they're just pumping dollars into it. And so the first thing we'll say is, okay, if you can't make new creative, like let's test a bunch of copy. And that's a really good way to overcome it. Do you do any creative ad outshine or do you have to do you have partners that you work with or how does that work? Yeah, we mainly rely on our clients in-house creative production team, but we've actually recently dabbled, I will say, <laughs> uh, into creative services. But the the bulk of what we actually do is just re- repurposing and resizing creatives. If they need us to add that text in, like I just talked about, we can help create those variations. But Anything that's net new creative, like a brand new idea, new tone, new voice, we definitely rely on our clients to provide us that. But yeah, being able to do that work for them and swapping out the text and the creatives has really helped us increase the amount of testing that we're able to do without relying on them to have to get us that creative because it can take a long time. Totally. So it's more so strategy than actual kind of design. And, exactly. Yeah. Okay. But cool. who knows? Makes maybe sense. one day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As you grow. Yeah. I feel like, you know, when people sometimes come to agencies or, or places like Outshine and they're like, you know, what is the the secret sauce? You know, like how do, how do we tell me all the magic steps to get here? But it gets so individual and like mm-hmm. you have to test and you have to have data to like make those decisions. It's not one size fits all. I know everybody just wants to know, right? Where's the best place to put my money yeah. and the best return on investment? But it's not like, like you said, there's no one answer. You really just have to like figure it out. Yeah. And I think that's where reporting and analytics plays a huge part in advertising is especially if you can't always rely on in-platform metrics just because sometimes they can be Mm. vanity metrics and Mm. it may not be telling the true story. And so that's a big part of what we do is taking all of the information and and doing all of that analytics to tell the, the full story of how their ads program works. And as far as gaining return, that is what has really moved the needle for a lot of our clients is that full story. It's really nice to be able to like arm businesses with that information, I imagine. Yeah, like we uh, we do our weekly meetings with them, but then we also have quarterly meetings. A lot of uh, our contacts work with the executive team. So a lot of the time we're also like pulling these reports so they can take it to the CMO at their company mm-hmm. and be like, hey, like this is how like paid ads is working. This is how like demand gen is performing. And so that's like a great thing as well, just even for a client relationship is Mm. we're not just reporting to them on week over week results. Like we can also help them do their job better and report to their teams better. That's really cool. Do you find that there's a lot of education in kind of Outshine's role? Like what, what I guess my question is like, what's the knowledge, typical knowledge level of your clients? Do they really, can they speak the language and they're, or are you... Because I think when you get into this level of like analytics, like some people, it's so you know over their head. They're like, "Oh, amazing! You can toss all these big fancy numbers at them." They're yeah. like, "That's great." But like, so what? How does kind of education come into this? Like, what are your clients like on average? Yeah, so I would say their knowledge base is is very strong. Sometimes we'll even have 
points of contact who have come from an agency before. Gotcha. And so if that's the case, we're almost like toe to toe because yeah. who, who knows the most about ads? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say the education piece really comes along with our the way that we report data to our clients. So it's not simply sending over a spreadsheet or sending over a slide deck with mm-hmm. no context. We walk them through the results and we really focus as a company on strengthening our skills, on telling a story with data. And that's something we we constantly talk about and train uh, our, our employees to do is be able to tell that story with data. Because at the end of the day, your client can read the numbers on the screen, they can read the charts and the tables, but what's the what's the so what of, mm-hmm. of the information you're giving to them? And so we, we make sure to do that anytime we're putting data, and especially meaningful data, in front of them. So looking ahead then, I'm curious, how do you see the future of B2B SaaS marketing evolving? Yeah, I would say I see less of a push for more bottom-of-funnel offers like demo or contact sales. I don't think by any means is that going away, but I really think when you see all of the effort like platforms like LinkedIn are putting into pushing thought leadership Mm. and building brand for B2B, companies are really going to realize that even though social doesn't typically drive the same return as search, there's so much value in being able to have that thought leadership presence on these platforms. So I can really see the it's switching a bit about the amount of money they're spending on bottom of funnel versus more top and mid funnel on social platforms to really give their brand some strength and then use other platforms like search in tandem with social to kind of be like the layup for search to, to send people there, search for their product and then convert. I see a big shift coming with that. We had up public relations on a couple um, of episodes ago, and we had a big conversation about thought leadership and how important that's becoming. So it's interesting that you brought that up because, uh, I mean, at least I'm noticing that a lot more too. And so you think that's, you know, that's where B2B SaaS is kind of going. At least for for paid social. So uh, when I think about and I keep plugging LinkedIn because it's my favorite platform. <laughs> not sponsored. But, yeah, not We'd sponsored. love a sponsor, though. We'd love a sponsorship from <laughs> LinkedIn. LinkedIn. you're listening. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like even the most recent launch, I believe it's this month, they have these new thought leadership ads. And so you can take content from people who work at the company and boost that boost those posts. So say your CEO has a really great presence on LinkedIn and they're always posting. You can take that exact same organic content and turn it into a paid ad the same way you would if they had posted something on their company page because likely the CEO is not going to post on the company page. They're going to post on their own LinkedIn. So that's like a really big thing that a lot of companies, like when it was in beta, it was like fight to the death to try to get uh, get in the running to be a part of that beta. So just even knowing how many people were interested and how hard it was to get into that, uh, I think that's going to be a huge, uh, send a huge shift on LinkedIn in terms of what thought leadership looks like. Mm. And that's interesting because even if I think as a consumer, what am I more likely to watch, right? Yeah. If someone's giving me like some... Mm-hmm. I don't know, advice or expertise or something, right? Like it's more something that I can use to learn from. Yeah, it's very much like this influencer culture just in a different space. And that's really the direction from the events that I've attended with LinkedIn of the direction of where they're going for B2B. Like they have very like 
natural places on LinkedIn where you'll be able to review products like uh, like have certain people who have used the product and you can like reach out to them um, oh, will be cool. like linked on the page. Like there's tons of stuff that's coming out that is very much kind of somehow connected to that influencer culture where people can like test and learn about products directly on the platform without having to go to say like a, a Captera or, or a G2 to find out if other people in their space actually like that product. Well, it's an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Things are shifting, so. Yeah, I feel like people always love when they can put a face to a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, so even, even if they might not know the CEO, like that feels more personal getting a message from yeah. them than, you know, from a brand. Um, so speaking of people, um, <laughs> last year, Outshine took home the Talent Champion Award at our Tech Forward Awards. What was that like and how does that speak to the company culture at Outshine? Yeah, this is, I love ads, but this is my favorite question. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, having worked at Outshine for going on five years now, uh, I've really been able to see this company at a lot of pivotal moments. I can't remember the exact number when I joined, but it was definitely, I want to say almost under 20. And so now we're, we're double that. And when the news was shared with the team that we won the award. One, the Slack threads were booming. Everyone was so <laughs> excited uh, to see this big win for the team because it, it is a pivotal moment. And I think like for someone like Andrew, our CEO, and Joel, uh, our company partner, to be able to continue to grow the team uh, during a pandemic and during a recession and keep that company culture intact is something, um, there's really something to be said about that and to be admired. Uh, because a lot of companies did go through stressful times. And I would say, I mean, every company has their ups and downs, but I would say that overall the company culture is something that has never faltered during those times. And uh, and I think that speaks volumes about our company culture Absolutely. from the hiring process to how our senior leadership team puts effort and our management team puts effort into making sure that those things stay top of mind whether it's interacting with your coworkers or whether it's interacting with clients, uh, the company culture is something that is always at the forefront. And um, there's kind of like that constant uh, feedback loop that's always open at our company. And I think that's a big thing. Uh, at a lot of companies, you kind of feel that hierarchy structure. And I think where Outshine started in that kind of uh, startup feel that felt like open Um, no matter what your position was at the organization, that has stayed true as we continue to grow. Like Andrew is just as accessible as uh, one of the people on my team. Like you can you can talk to anyone on the team and feel open. And so I think that as well um, is something that makes everybody feel important at the company. That's so lovely to hear. And like I said, I follow you all on social. So it's nice to see, you know, getting together. Um, I know this will be a little bit dated now, but you recently <laughs> had some team days too, which is great. And you brought in the team from around the country. So mm-hmm. that's important, you know, yeah. and that's great. Mm-hmm. And and it's great that, you know, we can see it. I don't work there, but I can tell that it seems like it's a good place to work, you know? Yeah. And when we have, we typically have two in-person events every year uh, for the entire company where we, we are hybrid and a lot of our employees live across the country. 
And anytime we have those events, the number one thing that people always say that they are looking to get out of them is connection. Mm. And although we all love remote work and being able to have that flexibility, connection is still important. Like we're still humans at the end of the day. And that's something that we need. And so being able to regroup uh, a couple times during the year to um, to give people that the connection that they're searching for, everybody really values it. And I think it helps kind of give you that reset and that energy you need mm. to get through the the, re- the next six months. Definitely. Well, we have made it to the end of the podcast. So I just want to turn the floor over to you. Is there anything that you kind of want to add or anything exciting coming up that you'd like to share? Yeah, I feel like all of my exciting things are, are behind me now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I this was a great conversation. I'm always uh, excited to talk about paid ads and, and about social And yeah, I think that as far as things coming up, I'm really just looking forward to a chill summer. A lot of our clients take PTO during the summer and vacation time. So it's a good time to kind of put Mm -hmm. your head down, maybe take a Friday afternoon off. And yeah, we'll see what the fall brings. We have a couple uh, of our team at Saster in Europe right now. So yeah, I'm sure they're really loving that. Yeah, awesome. that is so awesome. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Like you said, this has been a really great conversation. I know I can say that I learned a lot because this is kind of I'm, I'm not in this world. So it's really, really interesting. So thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time. This has been a Podstarter production. production.